The following podcast has been paid for by Perch on the Top Rope. to send our thoughts and condolences to the friends and family of Scott Hall. We will now play a 10-bell salute in honor of Scott Hall's career. Come all to the Perched on the Top Rope podcast. I'm the adorable one, the video game guru, Alex Todd. Joining me is our newest addition to the Perched on the Top Rope team, the encyclopedia of wrestling knowledge, Justin Largito. Justin, how are you today? I'm good, man. I, I like that encyclopedia of wrestling knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I came up with that one myself because I was talking to Lee last week and I was like, damn. I was like, if there is one guy that knows more random shit about wrestling than me is Justin. I'm blushing. Stop it. Oh yeah. That's uh that's actually your description on the about page on the Facebook page too. So just know I shamelessly plugged you while I was at it. We're gathered here to finally do our full review of WWE 2K22. Before we get into the specifics of each specific spot of the game and what we like the best about it overall, was this game a pass or a fail for you? Uh, for me, uh, honestly, I really enjoy it so far. Definitely, you could tell they wanted to redeem themselves from 2K19. And the, I don't want to say disaster, but the not very good uh, product that they put out a few years ago. Uh, a lot of changes have been made to the controls, the camera angles in the game and the gameplay. Uh obviously the inclusion of gm mode but we're going to get into all that honestly let's jump right into it uh the first thing we have and i believe you and i have both done a little bit of this i know lee's played a little bit of this is the wwe 2k22 showcase mode starring ray mysterio all of his matches from uh halloween havoc i believe it was with eddie guerrero all the way up to the most recent match which i believe was with grand metal leak it covers a lot of his career. You get to unlock a lot of his attires, a lot of his opponents, some of the world titles that he uh, competed for, the Intercontinental title, a bunch of stuff like that. How was your experience with Showcase Mode? So I was actually able to complete all of the 2K Showcase Mode just in one sitting. Uh, honestly, my overall opinion, and when they first uh, announced Rey Mysterio as the cover star and the man that the 2K showcase would be based around this year. I kind of stopped and I thought, and I'm like, who could they really include? Now, not to say Rey Mysterio has never had big matches, but who could they really include that Rey has had big matches with, significant to his career, that they would be willing to put into the game? 
And, you know, I think we start out very strong and then towards the end, it just kind of gets into that, when did this happen? Why is this here? <laughs> kind of area towards the current day Rey Mysterio. Uh, while we're on the topic, I will point out one of the things that we're going to talk about later. Uh, so what's the status is a user on community creations. He has been the real MVP of the last few weeks. Uh, he has been kind of going through the files of 2K22, and he discovered that a match was cut from this showcase, which uh, I'm kind of disappointed about because of who it was involving. Uh, you may wonder why 1996 Starcade Rey Mysterio is in the game, as well as the Starcade 96 Arena. Uh, that match with Jushin Thunder Liger was supposed to be in showcase, but unfortunately, it was cut at the last minute. The only thing I can chalk that up to is it has to be some kind of trademark or licensing issue, because isn't Jushin Liger like a cartoon in Japan? Yes, I believe so. And the only other thing I can also think of is that maybe they weren't either able to finalize a deal with Jushin Thunder Liger. I do yeah. know he has been in the midst of wrapping his career up over the past couple of years. I believe he may even be retired at this point now. Yeah. But I know that sometimes it's hard to get a hold of some of the talent that are overseas. And the only other thing I could think of is that maybe they couldn't strike a deal with him, which I find odd because Jushin Thunder Liger made an appearance in NXT against Tyler Breeze a few years ago, but that's really unfortunate because I think that could have no disrespect to grand metal league at all. An incredible athlete. I feel as though you could have included the Jushin Thunder Liger match with Rey Mysterio and you almost could have taken out that match with Brad Metalik at the end, and it probably would have been more of a complete package. I understand um, in Mexico and in other areas that aren't WWE, Grand Metalik is actually a very highly revered wrestler, but Vince McMahon and company didn't do anything to give him any favors. So in this case, I think the better match would have been to go with Rey Mysterio and Jushin Thunder Liger. Oh, absolutely. And that would have been big. That, that would have been Liger's first AB game or I'm sure Liger has been in some kind of video game at some point, wrestling related, but but not 2K. Know? No, definitely not 2K. So. Uh, it's, it's just very disappointing, honestly, when I saw that. Oh yeah, but nonetheless, showcase mode has been incredible for me. I personally enjoy it because Lee and I can attest to this. I don't know if you were the same way, Justin, but over the past couple of years, we have gotten to a point where we played the game so many times that. Even on expert mode, the game was beginning to get too easy. It was yeah. so easy to reverse everything. It was so easy to tell what your opponent was going to do. The AI was not great. The one thing I appreciate about showcase mode is even on a normal level of difficulty, they actually present somewhat of a challenge. It's not just you going through the motions, doing your moves and unlocking people. You actually kind of have to work for it because the computer is just as good at reversing. Yes, that's very true, and I can attest to this because JBL pissed me off multiple times at Judgment Day 2006. Dude, JBL was my <laughs> hardest match out of all of Showcase. He was unbelievably hard, and it makes no sense. It took me four tries to beat JBL. Three. It took me three. I, I would get my finisher, and then he just closed like from hell, and that just done. <laughs> Absolutely done. Uh, my favorite part of showcase mode so far, as far as the unlockables, is the return of Unmasked Kane. We haven't seen him, that version of Kane in the game in, uh, I don't know, probably five, six, seven years now. So that was really cool for me because that kind of brings me back to around my childish 
um, because that was right around the time that Kane had actually been unmasked. So I got yeah. to see the beginning of all that and being able to play with him as Gan is just awesome. And another thing I do like with the extra characters that you do get from Showcase, it looks like they did put quite a bit of effort into them. I mean, if you use them in exhibition, they have their own trons, uh, music's there and everything. In past years, it feels like they've just kind of thrown them in there. Uh, no trons, no additional entrance attire or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it looks like they really tried this year, so I can appreciate that. Yeah, all around Showcase mode. A plus for me. Now, moving on from showcase mode, we're going to touch into my career mode. Justin, I know you've played a lot more of this. I haven't had the chance to touch on this yet. Tell us how my career mode is. So uh, to start, I will say, I think this is out of all the years that they have done my career in the 2K series, the most accurate depiction of getting signed by WB and continuing your journey uh, you know, past years, they kind of focused on one storyline and that would be the big storyline to go through the whole mode. Now it's, you start in the performance center, eventually you go to NXT, you go to Raw and SmackDown and it's kind of a choose your own adventure because social media, and they don't refer to it as Twitter, obviously in the game, but you have your own Twitter timeline and, you know, you click on a tweet and it pretty much brings you to a new story. Uh, you know, so far I've had, I've probably close to 20, 25 stories I completed in the last two weeks that the game has been out. Uh, you know, some of them are hit and miss. (laughs) As WWE Uh, products are. Let me tell you how accurate this is. I was a double champion at NXT, North American on one shoulder, NXT title on the other, on top of the world. I get called up to Raw the first week. I am chasing our troop for the 24-7 champion. That sounds about right. I couldn't believe how accurate it was. This basically sums up Drake Maverick's career in WWE. (laughs) I'm just kidding. He's back with them again for like the fourth or fifth time. It's fine. It's fine. Good old spud. Yeah, uh, I was never huge on the My Career because it always seemed like you were just playing basically like you had said one story and sometimes especially with it was either 2k19 or 2k20 when they had like the bcw story and you were like wrestling with cole quinn or black hole cole or whatever he was called it was just it was so boring for me and i couldn't do it but it sounds like from what you're saying that the my career mode has definitely taken a step up this year i even saw was that the picture you had sent us of the you as the king of the ring Yes, yes, King of the Ring is in there. It actually also has its own arena. You can unlock and use it in exhibition, which I think is awesome. Dude, do you have to unlock it? Do you have to unlock it in my career mode? Yes. Okay. Yes. So uh, once you do the King of the Ring storyline, once you win King of the Ring, it's good from there. Hmm. Okay. Well, I guess I'll actually have to give it a checkout this year. Um, you know, the rest of the game so far has been such an improvement that I really can't put anything out there is possibly being bad uh speaking of other modes though we have the highly anticipated return of my favorite part of any wwe game ever general manager mode i have put so much time into this gm mode have you played it yet i have played quite a bit of it yes (sighs) dude it's so much fun the the biggest thing that is different for me that i love 
compared to years past is I don't know if you ever remember playing the PS2 SmackDown versus Raw, SmackDown yeah. versus Raw 2006, 7, 8. Whenever yeah. you played GM mode in that game, no matter how good of a card you put on, no matter how many good stars you signed, no matter how many, how much advertising you did, you were always in last place. <laughs> The computer was always yeah. winning. There was no way to ever win in that game. And that was without the additions that general manager mode brought this year. This year you have like these, you get like certain superstars that match up against each other better. You have popularity that matches up against each other. We didn't have any of that back then. We just got to sign people and made them fight. And somehow I would lose every single week when I would have all of the top main event stars and raw would basically be running with cruiserweights. Yeah. I don't care. Yep. <laughs> um, so I I know people are disappointed in a way with uh, GM mode and the way it's structured this year. People should probably understand this is brand new to the 2K franchise. Like this is their baby in this game now and it is going to grow throughout the next game and the game after that. This is pretty much the base model of GM mode we have right now. Uh, you know, I love the fact that we can pretty much build our show from the ground up from a high school gym all the way to a WrestleMania sized stadium, uh, and then go through the road crew, gorilla crew, mm -hmm. uh, you know, pyro effects, all, all of that I think is awesome. Uh, you literally just watch your show grow as time goes on. Uh, you know, like honestly it's it's just a base model and it can just grow from here a lot of the complaints i see is it's kind of only uh relegated to one-on-one -on -one and tag team matches in gm mode right now you can't do say a six pack challenge or a fatal four-way or even a royal rumble but you know it, it, it all kind of depends on your creative creativity and your ways to get around that so it doesn't get old so fast um also another thing you only have your single and your women's champion on your show i do wish we had tag titles because i just don't feel the need to draft tag teams if that's the case because they have nothing to fight for uh you know a mid-card title would be nice even though i don't think it's necessary in that case uh but yeah overall uh i think geo gmo is fine this year and it's just going to improve as time goes on. Definitely. I'm going to bounce off of that too, because my biggest complaint, and it's not even that big, because I still find myself absolutely entertained by this GM mode, is the lack of the extra titles. It's not even the matches, because the matches, we can deal with that. There's going to be more GM modes in the games to come after this. They're only going to build on it, like you said. But it is a little inconvenient to not be able to have a secondary title or a pair of tag titles on the show, because at that point, there's not even really a whole reason to draft an entire, like, regular size roster. Exactly. Because if you're drafting tag teams, think about it like that. You're pretty much getting two picks for a tag team each, mm -hmm. and then they have nothing to fight for. So right. in that sense, there's not much of a point behind it. Right. And also on the weekly shows, too, there's only three matches. You have your opening match. Well... Sometimes no, it's three on the the regular shows and then what five yeah, on the pay per views? Uh, three regular show, four on pay per view, and then five at WrestleMania. Five at WrestleMania. Yep. So 
you only have three matches on your weekly show. You have your opener, your main event, and whatever in the middle. They basically tell you to make the middle match, like, suck. Triple H gives you those hints in the little journal, and he basically says, open up your show strong, close your show strong, put a match in the middle that is kind of a buffer. And if that isn't straight out of the words of Vincent Kennedy McMahon's mouth, I don't know what is. You're basically structuring your show like it's an episode of Monday Night Raw. (laughs) I love some of them. Some weeks it's just, uh, don't book Nia Jax on your show. And I go, smart man, Triple H. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Triple H wouldn't be the first, as indie companies are also starting to not book Nia Jax. Too soon? (laughs) (laughs) But other than that, I actually really enjoy GM mode this year. I do enjoy that you get to watch your show build up from the ground up. I, when I first got into it, I was like, what the hell? I was like, why am I in a gym? And then I looked into it more and I was like, okay, this is actually pretty cool. You get to see the whole entire thing grow. You also get to spend more money slash earn more money based on the show or the gorilla or whatever that you're using. So I thought that was really cool. The other thing that I noticed that did bother me a little, unlike past GM modes is when you first go to draft your roster, not everyone's there. Yes, that that also bothered me. And it's not like people that aren't unlocked yet. It's like I couldn't draft Brock Lesnar. I couldn't find AJ Styles. There was a bunch of regular everyday roster guys that you just like aren't there. Yeah, and I I was I think at one point I was trying to put together a really NXT uh towards the end of the black and gold era esque roster. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there scrolling through and I'm like Where's Johnny Gargano? He's not on here. Where's Io Shirai? Where's she? She's not on here. Why do we have Tavita here? (laughs) So now that I'm thinking about it, it almost seems like when they show the roster of superstars that you can draft from at the beginning, it almost might be randomized. And I say that because when I went to play GM mode my first time, Johnny Gargano was an option that I was able to choose from. But I went to go look for John Cena, and he wasn't there. I went to look for AJ Styles and I wasn't there. But I think the biggest superstars they had for us to choose from at the beginning were like Edge, Drew McIntyre, and Bobby Lashley. Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins weren't even available. Yeah, Becky Lynch is available like yep. every time, I think, too. Yeah, it was Becky Lynch and Charlotte are among the availables, and I think Rhea Ripley as well. Yes. But it, it's uh, weird. Another, one more thing with that I do want to point out. Uh, as you're playing the mode, keep an eye on drafting free agents as your mode is continuing Mm -hmm. because those people who weren't in the initial draft do pop up here and there. And I noticed that as I was playing it, and I would pick up Buddy Murphy, Shelton Benjamin, Nia Yim, all these different people who weren't even listed in the initial draft. So you just got to keep an eye on that too. Yeah. And that's Um, actually what I was going to say next too. So I'm glad you brought that up because I noticed while I was going through it one day i opened it up and i'm looking through the available superstars that i can draft and i was like oh there's eddie guerrero that would have been nice wish i could draft him and then i was like oh wait i can <laughs> it was like he's he's just suddenly available out of nowhere and the legends too not all the legends are available to draft at the beginning too you can't you actually can't draft them at the beginning but then as soon as you get into the game when you go into the managed superstars there's like the uh sign free agent or sign legend and the legends actually change throughout time, throughout the weeks that you play the game as well, because yeah. I noticed that the Undertaker became available out of nowhere. So I'm almost wondering, too, if 
the available superstars that you can draft? Because they never really explain this. I'm wondering if the available superstars that you can draft change as you improve your gorilla, as you improve your stadium, because maybe those are qualifications to have those show those superstars on your show. Yeah, that, that's entirely possible. I didn't honestly think about it that way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's an interesting thought. So we'll see. I guess we'll only know as time goes on. But moving on, we're going to talk about some other smaller things of the game. We're moving on from the actual modes, and we're going to talk about regular gameplay. This year, one of the biggest things that everybody is talking about as far as created content with created superstars, you can add renders to your superstars this year. What does that mean? That means you can download an image of a superstar who's not in the game. You can upload it through the 2K upload, and you can download that through community creations, and that is your picture for your created superstar. We could put ourselves in the game. Yeah, I think that's actually a great feature this year. And while we're on that topic with the renders, because it did come in handy for me, I do want to point out something I wanted to point out in my career uh at first so this year in my career there are certain characters who you got to imagine were slated to be in 2k21 before it was canceled uh who are exclusive to my career my rise pretty much whatever you want to call it this year uh such as the old alexa bliss alexa bliss 2020 nikki cross before the superhero gimmick uh, and Dominic Dijakovic, which uh, surprised the hell out of me when I saw him pop up. But uh, while we're on the topic of him, 2K, everyone tweeted them, make Dominic Dijakovic unlockable in exhibition. Hashtag unlock Dijak. Unlock him, you cowards. <laughs> they absolutely need to. I'm so tired of the retribution gimmick. Like, they broke up the stable. Let the man go back to being himself. He was a bona fide star in NXT ridiculous <laughs> and the, the reason i bring that up is because i was able to with the special cross-gen uh community creations this year where anyone can upload anything and it's readily available to you no matter what the console is so i was able to unlock or uh, download a dominic Dijakovic, and all of his trons are in the game already all of his music everything and i use that digital render of a dominic Dijakovic photo and it's like he's right in the game. I'm going to have to do it now. <laughs> I love that man so much, but the fact that they have him saddled with such a crappy gimmick is just beyond me. Yeah, I, I love Dominic Dijakovic, man. <laughs> he, he absolutely should have been a North American champion in NXT. I agree. On another note, totally unrelated, all of the random AEW superstars are now showing up in the game thanks to the render options. I definitely didn't go ahead and download all of CM Punk's, Daniel Bryan's, John Moxley's, and Chris Jericho's renders. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I saw the Jade, uh, Jade Cargill at first, and I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, that's when they first released that they were showing the, the renders, and I was like, oh, that's what we decided we're going to show first. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, that works, but... Um, the one big thing everybody is complaining about, and this is something that carried over, unfortunately, from WWE 2K20, the title belts, the downloadable title belts are, for the most part, not working, once again. Ugh. You download a title belt, you download the AEW World Championship, you go to do a match on AEW like I definitely didn't do, and the ref goes to raise up the title belt, and he's got a shiny piece of black leather with nothing on it. 
<laughs> yeah, I haven't downloaded any uh, custom titles. Actually, I don't think I've touched Creative Championship this year yet. But uh, I do remember that from previous games, and it was it was a hindrance for a long time. Well, the good thing on this one is, is that according to what Lee has told me and some things I've read up on too, 2K and WWE are aware of this issue. I believe they thought it was going to be fixed in this year's game. Something happened. It wasn't. And they are already in the middle of trying to update this and get out a fix for us. So everybody don't sit on that one for too long because it sounds like they're already in the middle of trying to fix it for us. So hopefully this is just a temporary thing. Yeah, and they did release a patch update to the game today, and I haven't downloaded it, so I don't know what's included in it, and I don't think they released the notes on it either. Right, so, so it's, it's is, possible it could be in there. As well. Yeah. Um, have you played online yet with the game? I have not, if I'm being honest. So okay. I, I'm not too familiar with how it is this year. Okay, yeah, so I talked to Lee once again. I'm going to kind of relay some of his notes since he couldn't be here, and he had some of the specific parts of the game that he had checked out himself too. He said he went and got online the first day that he was able to play the game, and it seemed to be very bogged down, very slow. He said he was having issues with it lagging throughout most of the time, but since day one and two, the game has significantly improved online already i told him it was probably simply just due to the amount of people that were on playing this was such an anticipated yeah. game i can only imagine that everybody was online those first couple days and i don't know if you ever played warzone when it came out for call of duty but i don't know if you remember how the beginning of that game when everybody was online for the first couple days and god that game was awful i, I can imagine <laughs> yeah so you gotta be a little patient when it comes to those things and take your time when it comes to playing online it's going to be slow the first couple of days i have played a little online in the past couple of days and it seems to be working just fine which is nice uh well i have it in my head have you done anything with my faction in 2k22 no i haven't i haven't had the chance to yet i have not either all i've all the only exposure i've seen is what other people have been doing uh apparently there are some I can't even call it unlockables because they're not able to be unlocked in exhibition. But you got 2000 Triple H there, 97 Shawn Michaels, the Godfather's in there, uh, which is interesting because I remember scrolling through the roster the other day and I'm like, wait a minute, there's no Triple H with long hair in here? What's, what's going on? Dude, tell me about it. <laughs> Lee, I think, actually texted you the first night we were playing the game. And he was going through the roster list when we were going to do a one-on-one -on -one match and he hadn't downloaded the, the accelerator or season pass yet. Yeah. And we hadn't gone into showcase mode or anything like that yet. There's a lot of stuff this year that is exclusive to those modes, which is kind of cool because it actually forces people to play them, but we're going through yeah. this the first night and Lee's like, what the fuck? He's like, where, where is Shawn Michaels? He's like, where's triple H? And I'm sitting there. I was like, dude, you're probably doing something wrong. He's like, no, they're not in the game, man. They're not in the game. And I was like, okay. I was like, why don't you see if one of our other friends has played the game yet and see what's going on. I remember, I think he messaged you. Yeah. So something similar happened with me. I was talking to another friend and he's like, why is JBL not in the game? I'm like, yeah, what are you talking about? Yes, he is. So then I go through my roster and I'm like, wait a minute. I swear, I swear when me, me and Lee talked about this roster, we said JBL's name. So I'm like thinking, like, where this is coming from. 
Then I go into 2K Showcase and scroll. I'm like, oh, I, okay. I see that match with Ray. And well, he was the biggest pain in the ass. Oh, my God, he was. It is just weird because in years past, if you had the season pass, if you used the accelerator, even if you hadn't gone through Showcase mode yet, it would just automatically unlock yeah. everybody that was in there. This it year, this like year, there's a big <laughs> F you to everybody. They're like, oh, you're just going to, you think you're just going to pay uh, $25 and just get everybody? No, that's not how it works here. You're still going to put the work in. And so you pay for all that, and then you still have to go and unlock them. Oh, man. Yeah, imagine how many people were pissed off when they uh, saw all their 2K showcase stuff got unlocked. That's ridiculous. But speaking of the season pass and the accelerator, let's talk for a minute about the DLC in this year's game because there's a, lo- there's a lot of really good DLC packs this year. I'm going to go through them all really quickly and then we'll come back and we'll gather both of our thoughts on which ones are our favorites. So the first pack that we have releasing on April 26th is the Bonsai pack. It includes Yokozuna, Umaga making his WWE 2K return, Rikishi, Omos, and Casey Cantanzaro. A lot of Anawaii family sprinkled in this pack. What do you think? <laughs> a lot of beefy Samoan boys. Oof, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that term. I, I think out of this pack, I'm most excited for Umaga to be back in the game because it's been a minute. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that was a very, very good surprise when I saw that name on the list. When Lee and I first saw this, I was like, I wonder if this means we're a step closer to Umaga being inducted in the Hall of Fame. Because I know Rikishi's been basically advocating for it for like the past year or two now for Umaga to go in the Hall of Fame. And they still have yet to announce a decent amount of the Hall of Fame for WrestleMania this year, which I do find a little weird because there's usually more people in it by the time this comes around and we have like a week left. <laughs> yeah, now that I think about it, they didn't announce anyone during Raw last night, did they? No, I think as of right now, we have uh, The Undertaker, we have Charmel, and I feel like there was one more that we're missing. Uh, Vader. Vader, yep. Charmel, Vader. Yep, and Vader. So if there's any more single superstars going, definitely throw in Umaga this year. But I also figured that we could uh, make like a Rikishi Umaga tag team in here. I would love that. Yeah, I think that'd be Rikishi's a lot of fun. In a later pack. Yeah, now all we need is Rosie. Yep. So on May 17th, we have the most wanted pack coming out, which includes Cactus Jack, the Boogeyman, soon to be WWE Hall of Fader, Vader, Ilya Dragunov, that one I'm excited for, and Indy Hartwell. Yes, so I'm I'm glad Indy Hartwell's in. We can complete the way with uh, Theory and Indy and Candice and Johnny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ilya Dragunov, uh, like I said, pleasant surprise. Glad he's in there. Uh, Cactus Jack, while, while I have it in my head, how do you feel about people who were playable in the previous game and this time around their DLC? Do you feel it's kind of... I feel it's a little redundant considering that in past years we've either not paid for them or we've already paid for them as DLC. But you also yes. have to remember we're starting to run out of wrestlers in history that haven't been in these games. So I yeah. feel like the only way is to take them out for a minute, 
make the fans want them and then to put them back in because actually in the last 2k game cactus jack wasn't in there mankind was the only playable character you had to like download all the other versions in order to get like off of created community in order to get do love or cactus jack or even regular mick foley and it seems like that's what they're doing again this year but with uh, cactus jack instead yeah definitely and uh well i think in another pack uh we'll talk about that in a second but uh obviously people go and they come back and you may need to make improvements to their model in the game absolutely we have on june 7th the stand backpack releasing this is obviously hurricane helms as the name states stand back stacy keebler who hasn't been in the game in forever nxt uk's a kid and msk wesley and nash carter that is also a welcome addition to the game in my book i've been watching them since they were the uh the rascals in impact wrestling so seeing the two of them in a video game is really cool for me yeah like this pack i like it because everyone is brand new to the 2k franchise the 2k series uh like the hurricane he hasn't been playable in a game and who knows how long uh, he was supposed to be in SmackDown versus Raw 2011. And they took him out as a playable character. You only really see him in the road to WrestleMania. Uh, a kid, which I was very surprised about. I'm, I'm surprised about any NXT UK inclusion, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, because it's not as featured. Uh, Stacy Keebler's an interesting one. They had to have had some kind of a legend deal with her sign recently because She's also getting an elite figure in the Legends line later hmm. this year. Uh, and MSK, definitely welcome addition to the tag team divisions. So this one I'll be using a lot, to be honest with you. Absolutely. And speaking of using, I also feel like I'm going to be using this next pack quite frequently. We have the Clowning Around pack with Doink the Clown, who is also new to the 2K franchise. Yes. Ronda Rousey, which we're going to question that one in a minute. Yep. <laughs> The British Bulldog, Mr. T, that's kind of cool because he's new to the game. Yes. Dewdrop and Rick Boogs. I'm so going to play with Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura. That's like my guilty pleasure tag team in WWE is Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura. They better have their own tag team entrance with the intro from Boogs and then their actual entrance. If they don't, I'm suing. <laughs> But yeah, this is a fun one too. Dewdrop is one I wasn't expecting, to be honest with you, because I feel like she kind of came pretty close off that cutoff date for the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. T, he's just been everywhere. <laughs> like, you know, there's a deal sign with him. Oh, yeah. Figures and video games and all over the place. The <laughs> only way you make him realistic in this game is during his entrance and walking down to the ring. He's just talking about his mother the whole entire time, like he did in his Hall of Fame speech. Oh, dude, I don't know if you remember it. They made like a remix music video to that Hall of Fame speech WB did. Dude, it was that so funny. Be, that should be his entrance theme in this. Guess what? <laughs> if it's not, I'm going to make it. You, If you uh, if you go into the game, if you're playing on PC, there's actually this program called Sound Editor that is yeah. basically specific to the WWE games. You can use it to edit theme songs. So I'm going to go find it on YouTube. I'm going to download it, and that's going to be Mr. T's theme song. But what I really want to touch on this one is Ronda Rousey. And I'm not touching on this one because it's a groan or a moan that she was added to the DLC. I'm touching on this one because most of the DLC packs that we have seen 
with the exception of the next one that we're going to talk about after this, have been like five-person DLCs. It's being reported that Ronda Rousey originally wasn't in the game this year, and yes. her return at the Royal Rumble basically caused WWE to pressure 2K to like, hey, put her in before the game comes out. We want her in the game. And she got added to this DLC very late. Yeah, I also heard the same thing you did. Uh, you know, it's just... I, I don't know. I just don't like seeing people who have been in the game for years and all of a sudden their DLC... Rhonda, how much do you really have to update to her model? Right. Uh, you know, it could very well be the same exact model from 2K19 for all we know. Well, we uh, haven't seen her in actual wrestling gear except for that gi that she wore at Elimination Chamber in Saudi since she came back. Yeah, and she did have a match with uh, Sonya a few weeks ago on Smackdown. Oh, yeah, you're right. But I yeah. feel like she was just wearing, like, pants and a shirt. Yes, she was definitely wearing... Uh, Full jeans and whatever that was at the Royal Rumble. I don't even want to think about that. Yeah, so who knows? I understood her being DLC the first game she was in. I don't even believe the last game that came out she was DLC. I think she was a regular playable character. No, she was definitely on disc because she was a part of the Women's Revolution showcase. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're right. So I don't know. I don't. I feel like we shouldn't have to pay for that this year, but whatever. Ronda's got to make her money somehow. She's there. <laughs> Rounding out the DLC this year, releasing on July 19th, we have the whole damn pack. This one's going to be one of Lee's favorites. We have Rob Van Dam to start it off. I love RVD in any game. I don't care if he's been DLC before. He's one of the few people I'll pay for every time. Yeah, this, this one's fine. However, there's a couple questionable ones in here. Logan Paul. Yeah. Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> Commander Aziz. Okay. I mean, okay, but also, why is he DLC? Like, he's the sidekick to Apollo, who's not DLC. But I di I digress. Zia Lee, uh, LA Knight, and Sarai representing NXT. Those are some pretty cool picks, if you ask me. Playing as LA Knight, also known as Eli Drake, has been a dream for me for years. I've been a huge fan of his since his time in Impact Wrestling, since his time in NWA finally being able to play him in a WWE game is going to be pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, LA Knight is definitely the one I'm excited for out of this pack. RVD has to be a close second. Mm -hmm. uh, I, we knew Machine Gun Kelly was going to be in the game, but Logan Paul, it's kind of pushing it for me. Yeah, I agree. Lee said the one good thing about Machine Gun Kelly being in the game this year is that we can finally replay the Kevin Owens powerbomb spot with him. Get ready for the two out of three falls tables matches. <laughs> it's literally just Kevin Owens just power bombing and power bombing Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly. Kevin, the, the, the match is over. Boom. I don't care. <laughs> oh, God. I'm excited for LA Knight. I think the most out of all of the DLC picks, though, um, right behind that are probably Umaga and then Hurricane Helms. Yeah. Anybody who's new to this 2K series, I think is just the one I'm most excited for. Exactly. And they have more DLC packs than normal this year, too. Usually there's only like, what, two or three, I think? Maybe yeah, four at the most. But we've got like... Four, but we've definitely never hit five. Yeah. So we have this year, we have one, two, three, four, 
yeah, five altogether, and all of them have a decent amount of superstars. So we're adding cumulatively like 30 to 40 people to the roster. Which is awesome. I love when we get new characters and new arenas. Obviously, we're just doing the new characters in this uh, in these packs. But uh, anything that can improve the game and add on to it is just fantastic. Unlike the 2K original DLC from uh, 2K19, where everything was a fantasy land. Yeah, that was that was something weird. I don't un- I don't understand that. Or like the uh, what was it? The wasteland attires from last oh, the last dude. game too, dude. That was the too much one, for me. The only one I enjoyed was the Southpaw Regional Wrestling Pack because it was actually centered around wrestling. Right. Yeah, I don't know, man, but definitely something to look forward to this year with the DLC. Speaking of things in the game there have also been other things that were cut from the game this year we talked about it earlier when you talked about how Rey mysterio versus jushin thunder liger was cut from showcase mode tell us a little more about what you did with some digging you did some digging and you found out some other things that were cut from this year's game okay brace yourselves you're gonna want to take a seat on this one (laughs) so i mentioned him earlier what's the status he's kind of been literally the real mvp of finding these hidden files and uploading some of them to community creations. Uh, so two notable stories were cut from my career. One, uh, there's not too much details on it, but it was uh, icy title feud with Adam Cole. And you know, Adam Cole was supposed to be in this game. They have his entrance animation in the game updated and they have his victory motion. So, you know, he was supposed to be in this. And you've seen Bray Wyatt's updated Fiend entrance in the game and victory motion, even a new champion victory motion. So you know he was also supposed to be in it. And we'll get into that right now. There was a storyline planned for my career that involved the Fiends. It was very similar to the Alexa and Bray pairing from a year or two ago, except playing the role of Alexa would have been Dana Brooke. Uh, she would have been in the way the way they described it was the sheened, uh, female version of the she- of the feed. I, I know I know it's cringe, but it gets better. <laughs> That's so cringe, <laughs> so cringy. Uh, you know, and they come after you. They try to possess you. Uh, Alexa Bliss even gets uh, thrown in there at some point. Uh, I guess it's in past tense of her being with Bray Wyatt, so. She was with Bray, and now Dana Brooke is with Bray. And she kind of tells you the power to control the Fiend is uh, getting a hold of that lantern that he has. And what do you know? The whole uh, thing was a ruse. The lantern possesses you. Uh, But the way this kind of turns out, and I don't know how this would have worked out, it would have culminated in an Elimination Chamber Funhouse match. Now... I don't know what an Elimination Chamber Funhouse match is. I don't know who would be in it. I don't know if we're going to face five fiends or if the puppets are going to come to life and they're going to attack you or what's going to happen. It's just you beating the shit out of the bunny over and over again. (laughs) Yeah, but they cut the most intriguing story out of the game. Well, one has to wonder if it may have had something to do with them firing Bray Wyatt. <laughs> yeah, it's just I, when I when I just was hearing all this and reading it, I'm like, what in the world? 
And obviously this is just audio, so I can't show you the actual screenshots that were found on the files. I will post them to the Facebook page later because it's unbelievable. Yeah, the only thing I can think of, because you, me, and Lee have all talked about this, it's a little weird that certain wrestlers were in the game that were released before certain wrestlers and certain ones weren't. Like, for instance, Braun Strowman was released before Bray Wyatt. Braun Strowman's in the game. Bray Wyatt is not. Tucker is in the game. He was released right after WrestleMania last year. Or I don't know, the Iconics still being in the game, and they were released like almost two years ago now. It, it feels like right as they were getting ready to go to the final copy of this game, they said, okay, anyone from, that's currently in AEW or has any shot of going to AEW, delete them. They went full Matt Hardy on it. Delete, 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 delete. Right. And it probably has something, there might be something to do with royalties too. I haven't thought of looking into that yet too, because there could be superstars like say Braun Strowman that they came to and were like, can we put you in the game if we pay your royalties? And he said, yes. Whereas maybe if they went to Bray Wyatt and asked him, he might've told them to go fuck themselves. Yeah. Do you think Bray would turn down that money though? I mean, if things went sour enough on his exit, which supposedly they might've, it's entirely possible. I mean, that's fair, but that just seems crazy to me. It is unfortunate that that was taken out, though, because that does sound like it could have been one of the more fun spots of the game. But it's funny that you mentioned that they looked at who might go to AEW or who is and told them to take them out of the game. But meanwhile, we had a Dark Side of the Ring episode that absolutely smeared Ric Flair last year. And you know who's still in the game this year? Woo! You take him out of the intro before every show, but you still have him in the video game. Okay. Logic. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Well, that just about wraps up our video game review. Let's move on to some actual wrestling news this week. We do have a little bit of wrestling news getting closer to WrestleMania. WrestleVotes stated that Omos would actually be having a WrestleMania match this year. That's why, even though we're getting close to Mania, we've been having these build-up matches with Omos. You usually see those after Mania when they're starting to refresh and rebuild stars, but we're actually seeing it closer to Mania this year, and I was really wondering why they were doing it until, as we had stated, WrestleVotes had commented on the fact that Omos would be having a WrestleMania match this year, and it's pretty interesting who they said that it was going to be because it's being reported that if he makes it back in time from his injury that omas's wrestlemania opponent is going to be bobby lashley what do you think about that or lashley <laughs> um yeah you know, what a fall from grace how the almighty fall uh, literally a year, ago, <laughs> a year ago being in the baby championship match uh, with Drew McIntyre, that's another guy, you know, how the mighty fall on this show. <laughs> uh, but, you know, being in the WWE title match, having a what I thought was a great run for him, one that was well overdue, uh, regained the title back at the Royal Rumble just a few months ago, and it looked like he may be heading into Mania as champion, but, you know, Roman went down with COVID the first day of the year, and plans just kind of went all over the place at that point. Uh, you know, it's good that Lashley's getting a spot in the Mania card. That's always great. You don't want to see anyone miss Mania. Uh, I thought their initial plan with Omos was the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and have him win it, but uh, I don't know if they just don't have enough guys on the roster right now to do 
<laughs> Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Or they may still have it, but no word has been mentioned about it. <laughs> Which is funny because I was watching Monday Night Raw last night and they actually did a commercial about the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. It was a rewind. Yeah, to it was back. weird. Yeah, it was a rewind back to when Mojo won, but they didn't even show Mojo winning the Battle Royal. They just showed Gronk getting involved in it. And I'm like, okay, you're sneaky. You're showing one guy who left your company to go play football in a match that another guy that you released won to promote what in a match that you're not even announcing yet <laughs> yeah that was very weird nothing i would expect to see on uh, the current wb product yeah no that was that was very confusing and honestly i love i've got all the love in the world for andre the giant but they really failed on the andre the giant memorial battle royal gimmick when they didn't follow it up when people won when they didn't use it to push Cesaro when they didn't use it to push Baron Corbin or Mojo Raleigh. It was a waste in my opinion, but like you had said with Lashley falling from grace, it almost seems like being in WWE championship matches at WrestleMania is starting to become a curse. Cause if you go back to like WrestleMania 34, you had a guy like Shinsuke Nakamura who was in the WWE championship match. You see what they've done to him. The following year, we had Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan's not with the company anymore, and Kofi Kingston's booking is so up and down, now it's not even funny. You move on to WrestleMania 36, 37. You have Drew McIntyre. I'm not going to count Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar's booking is whatever he wants it to be. But you've got Drew McIntyre, who is facing Happy Corbin at WrestleMania this year. You've got Bobby Lashley from last year, who is now facing Omos. It's the curse of the WWE Championship, and I stay by it. Brock Lesnar is getting jobbed out next year. <laughs> oh, dude, you want to hear a crazier one? WrestleMania 31. Everyone who walked out of that show with a championship was either injured or not on the card the following year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, God. I don't even want to talk about WrestleMania 32. That was... That was a rough year. The only Great good thing. for a better time in AT&T Stadium this year. <laughs> oh, God, I hope so. It's funny because WWE has had a history of every time they've gone to Texas for WrestleMania in the past decade or decade and a half, it's been awful. WrestleMania 25, aside from Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, was considered an awful WrestleMania. Yeah, and that terrible 20-minute Kid Rock performance where mm -hmm. nobody in that woman's Battle Royal got their entrance. Yep. WrestleMania 32, the only highlights of that show were the women's triple threat match for the new WWE Women's Championship. And honestly, the highlight of the entire show was Zack Ryder winning the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, dude, that was, uh, that was a very unexpected moment, even at the time. It's just like, do better, Texas! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you can't fail this year. Stone Cold Steve Austin is on the card, and I feel like that is a success in and of itself. I hope I'm not proven wrong, but we'll see. <laughs> you know, you know what? That just makes Kevin Owens' uh, current gimmick more realistic. It's WB and saying through Kevin Owens, "You suck, Texas. You can't get a good WrestleMania." <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. However, how funny would it be if they build up this whole Kevin Owens, Stone Cold Steve Austin thing, and it turns out to be a cinematic match, and you just have Kevin Owens versus the Stone Cold Steve Austin that we saw on Monday Night Raw last night? Oh, my God. Let's talk about that for a minute, though, because you and I were texting each other in the yeah, group chat but... last night. How good is Kevin Owens at both being the most popular person 
on the roster, but then on the flip of a dime, being able to piss the fans off more than anybody. Oh, dude. So, you know, I'll give Kevin Owens credit. He looked a lot like Stone Cold Steve Austin from afar. Like, if he just shaved that facial hair down a bit and went to a full goatee, just perfect. But, uh, you know, he fooled him. <laughs> and uh, fool, him, fool him one, shame on you. Fool on twice, shame on me, because uh, he did it last night. I think uh, his I think his exact words were uh fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on you for being an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this segment reminded me of uh the Shawn Michaels in Montreal segment from Raw in 2005. Yeah. Where he fooled everyone with Brett, and then a few minutes later he fools everyone with Hogan's music. <laughs> Dude. He had to have pulled inspiration from that segment. And it's funny because the the second time Steve's music played, it actually even got me because the first time I was like, there's no way Stone Cold Steve Austin starting the show. They didn't promote this, nothing. Like, there's no way. And I knew it was Kevin Owens. But then when he gets to the ring and he started bad-mouthing Steve Austin and Texas and the fans of WrestleMania and the music went off again, I was like, oh, shit. Maybe Steve Austin is actually coming out. And then when he didn't come out and Kevin Owens started laughing, I was like, that fucker worked me too. Yeah, when, the second time I was half expecting a uh, horn swoggle as Stone Cold Steve Austin to uh, show up. Mm. I'm more of a wee nominal one if you saw horn swoggle and impact a year ago. Oh, yes. Yeah. Never the, forget the, the wee nominal one. <laughs> the wee nominal one, say J. Swiles or whatever it was. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> but I'm starting to think more and more as we get closer to Mania that this isn't just going to be a confrontation in the ring. I think this is going to be one of those things because they said that Steve Austin has been getting in shape lately i have a feeling this is going to be one of those things where we're going to get to mania and he's going to challenge him to a match it very well could possibly be that way it could be similar to the uh i don't know if you remember this the eric bischoff stone cold match from no way out oh yeah 2003 when austin came back where i guess technically you could say it was a bell to bell match but austin just kicked the shit out of him the whole time uh (laughs) I honestly, I wouldn't be opposed to closing the show with the Owens and Austin stuff for night one. Well, that is uh, supposed to close the show the first night. Honestly, I think it should because Ronda and Charlotte has not been intriguing with their feud on SmackDown right now. It's just not doing it for me. Uh, it's not even the best women's title program, I think, going into WrestleMania. But Yeah, no, I'd love to see them close the show with Austin and uh, Owens. I think it'd be a good way, especially if Stone Cold is going to challenge him to a match. And don't get me wrong, Charlotte versus Ronda is going to be a good match. I don't have any doubts about that. But the storytelling for this match is that awful. It was basically, I'm choosing Charlotte because I'm not choosing Becky yet. Yeah, uh, I don't doubt that they'll have a great match. I mean, the match they had at Survivor Series in 2018 was very, very good up until it ended in a disqualification. But, mm-hmm. you know, the feud just hasn't been doing it for me. The segments, I'm just not interested in. Well, and for me, too, it's the last time we saw Ronda at WrestleMania. She was involved in a story with Charlotte and Becky. So why would you want to see her come back for the first time since that match and basically go back into it with someone that she already wrestled with? And you know that this is just going to build up to her facing Becky next year. Yeah, and, you know, it's kind of unfortunate because I don't, think they're going to be able to get their heat back for that feud like think about it like this next year will be four years since that feud started Mm -hmm. four years you can't keep 
the heat and how much people wanted to see that match at that time. Because I was one of them. I was one of the people going to MetLife Stadium to really want to see that match. And they inserted Charlotte and just, I don't want to say screwed it up, but, you know, it never felt the same after that. Agreed. And nothing against Charlotte. It was just, that was a natural storyline between the two of them. So it really didn't need Charlotte added. And you could have given another woman on the roster a match against Charlotte and help her make a WrestleMania moment. You could have seen Bianca Belair up on the main roster a lot earlier than we did. Yeah. I mean, uh, Charlotte won the title from Oscar a few weeks before that mania. I mean, actually it might've been the week before do Charlotte and Oscar mania rematch from the year prior and possibly have Oscar get her win back. And there's so many possibilities they could have done at that. Right. And the big thing too, with Becky Lynch's character back then, what made her so popular was not only how much the fans loved her more than Charlotte, but it was also how much they loved her more than Ronda Rousey. And you've got this whole weird thing with Becky Lynch being a heel now and Ronda Rousey also like being half, like she acts like a baby face with the wrestlers on the show, but she also like, she also has this attitude of, I still can't stand the fans. So yeah, it just doesn't matter. No, the chemistry is not there anymore. It maybe if the pandemic hadn't happened and uh, WrestleMania 36 hadn't ended up the way it was, you could have almost done it then, but I think it's too far out now. Move Rhonda onto someone else that she can sink her teeth into. Move Becky onto someone else. Move Charlotte onto somebody else. Keep the three of them away from each other. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. But speaking of WrestleMania, this week on Raw, we had fans during the Seth Rollins segments throughout the show adamantly at the top of their lungs screaming for one Cody Rhodes. They did it during a segment with AJ Styles. They did it during another segment when Seth came out and interrupted Robbie Root and Dolph Ziggler. It's clear that the WWE universe is onto the fact that they're trying to schedule Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. But I've also heard that they're possibly not going to have Cody show up until WrestleMania. And they're even going as far as to possibly flying him in with a private jet to avoid him being seen at any airports. Yeah, I think that's very possible. Uh, Real quick, I want to point out, Seth's right. It is just rumors, okay? I'll tell you what's going to happen. Next week on Raw, Bianca Belair, you better watch your back because Seth's coming after you and, and Seth's going to take that woman's title shot at WrestleMania. He's going to fight his wife for the women's title at WrestleMania. <laughs> match, yeah, match. match starts and he just curb stomps her. I'm taking the title and I'm taking the kid and we're going home. Get in the car. But yeah, uh, ever since the news about Cody departing from AEW came out, uh, I immediately said there's your raw after wrestlemania surprise uh but you know it looks like they are going to go through with having him on the show because at this point i don't know what seth rollins does at wrestlemania if it's not cody rhodes uh but you know absolutely a possibility i think cody rhodes showing up possibly night one uh to set up a match on night two with rollins if they wanted to do that or they could just do night two and just do it that way but what if Seth uh, Rollins I, is just the ring bell person for every match for mania and he's just sitting there just dinging it the whole time oh dude you know what that would actually be awesome I wouldn't be opposed to that he just like just rings find, the bell for it to start and then just immediately ends it find different ways to be a part of the show guest timekeeper guest ring announcer guest commentator <laughs> comes out as a guest commentator dressed in like the old Vince McMahon white shirt and red bow tie 
like the the tan jacket on and only the way that the drip god could pull it off i'm for it (laughs) honestly seth's road to wrestlemania even though he doesn't technically have one has been one of the most entertaining build-ups of wrestlemania this year the seth rollins antics you can tell even though he's a heel like he's the most popular heel on the roster right now and this is only gonna last so long before the fans just fully embrace him and he's a baby face again yeah, man. You know, honestly, I think over the last year, Seth really hasn't gotten enough credit. Uh, he's been putting on just great match after great match, whether it be Cesaro, Edge, uh, you know, his time on Raw towards the end of the year where he was pretty much the feature guy on that show. Uh, you know, the guy the guy's great. And no matter what anyone says, I, I know he talks a lot of shit on Twitter. I get that. But he's fantastic. Seth Rollins is just doing some of the best work of his career right now. I agree. His match at WrestleMania with Cesaro last year was probably the best match wrestled technically of either night. His match with Edge at SummerSlam this year was probably the best wrestling match of the year. The only other match close enough, in my opinion, was Brian Danielson and Hangman Adam Page. Yeah, that whole Edge and Seth Rollins trilogy last year was just fantastic from beginning to end, I thought. Well, it's fun, too, because the way that the main event on Raw ended this week, they kind of left room for them to eventually go back to Seth versus Edge, too, because we had Seth versus AJ Styles in a Seth Rollins last chance match for uh, the opportunity of him taking AJ's spot to face Edge at Mania. And the match ended with basically Edge screwing over Seth Rollins by hitting AJ Styles with the chair, keeping the match at AJ versus Edge. And you can't tell me that with like the look that he gave it, that they're not going to go back to that down the road. That's not done. Yeah. Especially with Rollins possibly turning face at some point later in the year and edge uh, just getting into his new heel role. Uh, it's entirely possible. I love edge being a heel again. Don't get me started on changing the theme music. I, I like the actual song. I listen to it. It's Alter bridge. I love Alter bridge. Edge is my favorite wrestler ever. And you went and, fucked with his theme song that he's had for like 20 years at this point. I was mad. I was not happy with the new theme music. Yeah, honestly, with this current Edge Shield run, I don't know what it is. I'm not really sure what he's going for right now. Uh, Like the blue lighting and everything, but... He's the new Undertaker. Yeah, he's trying something different, so I can't fault him for that. And if anybody can pull it off, it's him. But speaking of WrestleMania, we've also learned that WrestleMania from here on out is set to become two nights permanently. Are you for, are you against it, Justin? I can see both stances on this. Some people may hate, enjoy one night more. Some people may enjoy two nights. Uh, I think it's a, comes down to a list of pros and cons. Uh, some people sitting at home watching WrestleMania, maybe they enjoy just doing the one night. Maybe they enjoy going to a friend's house two nights, you know, having dinner and ordering food, this, that, and the other, make a big weekend out of it. Going to the show, and I'm going to learn this this year, and I'm going to find out, uh, you know, how is parking work when you get to the stadium? Are you going to have to pay for one night? Are you going to have to pay for two nights of parking? Because think about it like that. That's probably at least a hundred dollars right there. At and least no one's gonna be no one's gonna be thrilled about that. Mm-hmm. Do you want to 
drive. So I would imagine maybe staying towards American Airlines Center because mm-hmm. of Raw and everything. That's about a 45-minute drive to AT&T Stadium. Is everyone going to be up for a 45-minute drive two nights there and back? It all really depends on your preference. Uh, you know, is one card going to be loaded up? Is one card going to be very dull for one or the two nights? There are some people only buying tickets for one night because they don't either want to do two nights or they can't afford two nights. Uh, it's just a very mixed bag. But, you know, I don't mind the two-night WrestleMania. I enjoy, you know, sitting through a three-hour show. Honestly, I feel like it kind of builds anticipation for the following night to see if it can top it. Right. And here's my thing. With the people that are going to see the show live, I feel like this isn't really that big of a deal because before the two-night WrestleMania started, most of these people were already coming down and watching NXT TakeOver the night before. So they were already coming for a show for two days in a row because I believe most of the time the pack is included if you go to Mania, that it's it's usually like WrestleMania, NXT, and the Hall of Fame or something like that. And so a lot of these people would already be staying there for that amount of time. So I don't see that as a big deal. Me personally, I love the two-night format of WrestleMania because coming from someone who's getting older and quite frankly can't stay up without falling asleep as long anymore, WrestleMania on one night was starting to become exhausting. WrestleMania 35, which was the last WrestleMania to be the one night format was as great of a show as it was. And that was one of my favorite WrestleManias of years past. Oh, me too, man. So much variety on that show. It was so hard to sit through though, because I was getting tired. I literally could barely keep my eyes open by the time the main event came around. I think the main event came around after midnight. It did. And I don't think the Um, show ended until almost one o'clock. Yeah, I remember being in that stadium, and right after Kofi had won the title, ever I don't want to say it went downhill because the quality of the show wasn't terrible, but the crowd was definitely on the decline after that. I mean, uh, you can only keep people awake so long. <laughs> yeah, after a big moment like that, and a big pop, and a big reaction, you follow it with Batista and Triple H, which, honestly, in that stadium... I saw some people sleeping by me, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, after that, it's just like, okay, I want, I want to go home now. <laughs> right. I, I stand by my decision that Kofi versus Daniel Bryan should have been the main event of WrestleMania 35, nothing against the women. Once they added Charlotte, like you said, the quality of that match kind of went down a little bit. I think Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston should have main evented that show. 100%. Oh yeah, dude. I, I, I wouldn't have been opposed to that at all. Uh, but yeah, that, that show went, I think I exited the stadium at around 1230 after midnight. Mm-hmm. And I think the actual show ended about 1220. Yeah. And if you include the pre-show, they, the show, I think starts around like five or six o'clock now. It was a literal like eight hour work day, <laughs> except oh, you didn't get paid for it. <laughs> I know they, instead they were getting paid for you to sit there the entire time. But that's the cool thing about having two nights of mania now is that you can, like you had brought up. Batista and Triple H following the WWE title match at WrestleMania 35 and how the fans were kind of deflated after a big moment. You have two nights now. So some of those matches that you still perceive as being big matches, but you don't want the crowd to not react because a bigger match was before it, you can put into a different night. You can format the shows differently now to where you can kind of piece together what are going to be the high spots, what's a good 
match to put in the middle to get the show back into gear. It's it's definitely helped a little the performers and the fans that are going to be behind them. Yeah, and also another way I look at it, the roster isn't as big as it was around WrestleMania 35 no. time. Do they have enough of a roster at the moment? And obviously they can add to it and call people up from NXT. But are they going to have a big enough roster every year to fill two nights of WrestleMania? Yes, there's only one way to find out. I think next year is going to be the big telltale sign of that because we have a lot of black and gold NXT people that got released. We have a lot of WWE talent that got released. And we're also heavily relying on celebrities this year. We've got Logan Paul. We've got... I'm going to include Pat McAfee in there, even though he's a commentator because, you know, he's not really a wrestler, wrestler per se. We've got um, Johnny Knoxville, you know, you've got a lot of extra people filling gaps. You got Stone Cold Steve Austin and you're not really relying on as many people that are actually on your current roster this year. Next year, I think it's going to be a different story because that, that point will have had a year of NXT 2.0 and seeing if these guys are going to actually be successful on the main roster and if they can step in and fill some of those spots at WrestleMania. Yeah, and like you said, the multiple reliance on celebrities this year. I think one celebrity match is fine. Uh, two is really pushing it. And then the third one, just like, okay, come on now. Let's feature more of our own stars. I agree. I agree. And the last thing I have to say about WrestleMania is it was noted this week that DJ Valentino Khan is going to be performing at WrestleMania 38. I have no idea who that is. Lee has no idea who that is. I don't know if you have any idea who that is. Ah, who? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I can think of is that maybe he's like Nick Khan's little cousin. <laughs> That's how uh, I got the game. Yeah, right. That's probably really disrespectful, but I, I've never heard of him, unfortunately. I'll have to look him up to see if he's any good, but I'm not a big fan of concerts happening at WrestleMania 38 or any WrestleMania that matter. I just, I think it takes away, like you had said, the Kid Rock concert last time we were in Texas. That went over so well. Yeah, I can't say I'm opposed to them doing musical performances at WrestleMania. Uh, you know, one I really enjoyed WrestleMania 18 was when Saliva did two of them throughout the show at the beginning and then in the middle uh i thought that was pretty cool uh you know if it's just a guy taking up a bunch of time for no reason and possibly a match gets cut here and there then i don't enjoy it but i agree um the only thing that really really upsets me about this year's mania and really grinds my gears is that shane mcmahon really pissed off his dad at the Royal Rumble got sent home and now I don't get to watch Shane McMahon jump off of something really high that's really dangerous for him I mean you never know he could uh, climb the stadium on the outside he's, uh... he's like actually not working with the company anymore he's just standing on top of the stadium like hey hey watch out everyone here comes the money I'm still upset at Wrestlemania 33 that he didn't jump off that big ring that was above the ring Everybody was looking at, and they were like, "Oh, Shane's gonna jump off of that and kill himself this year. That's great." I think that was even too much for Shane McMahon. <laughs> Whatever, I want my money back. <laughs> Alrighty, so we're gonna move on from the WrestleMania talk, and we're gonna talk about the producers of this week's Monday Night Raw. There's some good, there's some bad, but we're gonna tell y'all who was in charge this week. 
beginning of the show, we had that amazing Kevin Owens segment, which was actually produced by Sean Devari. That's confusing to me because I've seen I've seen Devari like scheduled for random appearances at Impact like over the past couple months, but then also like being a producer in WWE and like I don't, what's going on there. Yeah, he's he's been all over the place. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's weird to me. Uh, the Mysterios and the Dirty Dogs match was produced by Shane Helms. Doesn't surprise me. That was a good match, and Shane Helms is usually a pretty good producer. We had Omos versus Aziz and Apollo Crews in that handicap match. That was produced by Adam Pierce. We have AJ Styles and the Seth Rollins promo being produced by Michael PSAs and PD Williams, which fun fact about PD Williams, it's been noted this week that P.D. Williams has actually been getting really high marks from the talents and the higher up management in WWE. And so much so that he has impressed Vince McMahon himself. And Vince McMahon wants everybody to refer to him as something a little more professional. And he has now been saying that he would like all of the talent and management to refer to P.D. Williams as Pete or Peter. And that it's that's being the- reflected internally. That That's such a Vince McMahon thing. It's such a Vince McMahon thing. You've got the guy that's created almost arguably the most famous finisher of all time. He's one of the most notable X division wrestlers of TNA's history. <laughs> He's making people call him Peter. Is that why we had to have Butch on SmackDown? Cause we can't have two Pete's on the same, same company. I don't know. I guess so. I don't even want to talk about that either. I'm, I'm so upset about that, but PD Williams being able to work with Michael Hayes as a producer, like basically their top producer. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan versus Natalia and Shayna Baszler was produced by Molly Holly. That makes sense because she basically produces all the women's stuff now. Finn Balor versus Austin Theory was produced by Jamie Noble. Uh, My opinion, arguably the most entertaining part of Raw recently. RK Bro versus American, uh, not American Alpha. Ooh. Ooh, that's bad. They don't exist anymore. <laughs> RK Bro versus Alpha Academy was actually produced by Chris Parks, aka Abyss. I think RK Bro and Alpha Academy have put on some of the most entertaining television lately. Oh, definitely. RK Bro as a whole has been kind of the saving grace of Raw the last few months. Well, and honestly, Chad Gable is like incredible. He's so oh, much. Definitely, man. Dude, definitely. they're really letting him tap into a little bit of the heel character that he had last time when he had that run with Shelton Benjamin with like yeah. the shoosh and the, I uh, thank you. No, he, Chad Gable, he's, he's getting the credit he deserves. And no, it's about the, time. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I think he plays a much better heel than he does a baby face. Unless you're like reuniting American alpha, which is never going to happen because Jason Jordan is injured for life. Um, I think, his strong suit is staying as a heel. I don't know that he and Otis should necessarily stay together forever. Cause I could see Chad Gable slowly working up the ranks by himself as a heel. Now, when the alpha Academy eventually disbands, do you think we get the old Otis back or do we get this Otis just kind of revamped to a singles guy? I think you have him go back to being a baby face character. Cause I feel like the breakup is eventually going to be, Chad Gable running his mouth a little too much and Otis is going to get pissed off, beat him up. However, I don't think you should have him go back to that heavy machinery, goofy gimmick that he had, because if we're being honest, that's what held them back from him actually cashing in the money in the bank briefcase. Yeah. The only reason I bring that up is during that, uh, 
was the I think it was the spelling no it was the trivia uh, contest they did a few weeks ago on Raw. It seemed like Otis was kind of breaking in and out of that character because uh, I kept hearing him in the background, me, 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 <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that that's Otis. I mean, don't get me wrong, he was hilarious. I loved that character, but the problem is, is that it's not world championship caliber, and I think you have to take what Otis has used and learned as a heel with, you know, actually talking on the mic a little more seriously. And I think you can implement that when he turns into a baby face again. I do think he can uh, utilize some of those aspects of his old, like heavy machinery baby face character. But I think yeah. this heel run has been really good for him because you add on a couple more layers to his character, which can ultimately make him a main event star. Yeah, I do miss old Otis, though. Ah, me Man, too. Otis and Mandy forever. Let's get that out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. The Tornado mixed tag match with the 24 7 championship storyline, which who knows what's going on with that right now, was produced by Kenny Dykstra, which makes sense because who knows what was going on with the Spirit Squad. Yeah, you know, I was surprised when uh, the list was sent in the the chat. Uh, Has Kenny Dykstra been a producer for a while now? Um, I think he took a producer spot. Like, I want to say it might have been middle to end of the year last year, but he's been back with the company for a little bit. We were, yeah, we were going through the matches one day, Lee and I were, and it's like, nobody ever made an announcement, but we were just going through the matches and like who the producers that were released for, for them were. And Kenny Dykstra's name just like randomly showed up on the list one day. Yeah, because I remember him doing like a guest coach uh, thing at the Performance Center recently, but I didn't know he was on as a producer. Yeah, I guess he's still in the good graces. It must be because John Cena's finally gone. Yeah, too soon. (laughs) Maybe Kenny's the one that sent her gear in the back. Uh, Too soon. Um, But the main event this year, uh, this year, what am I saying? This week, the main event this week was actually produced once again by Michael Hayes and PD Williams. You know Vince McMahon thinks highly of you if you're a new producer and he's letting you produce the main event of the show. Oh yeah, definitely. Absolutely. All I have to say is PD Williams better be a uh, uh, guest in the Royal Rumble at some point. He better be like a, a surprise appearance or I'm quitting wrestling forever. I would love to see that, but I I've noticed they're like very hesitant putting old TNA guys as surprises in the rumble. Yeah, because Abyss would have been in there long, long time ago at this point. Oh, absolutely. I've been waiting for an Abyss cameo. Or yeah. we had that little bit of Joseph Park on SmackDown. <sighs> It was so in great. 2020, and I was really hoping it would lead to something. Well, and I was hoping that it would, and I was thinking that it actually might too, because he was working with AJ Styles. And obviously, if anybody knows how good that man is in the ring and on the mic as the Abyss character, it's AJ. He worked with him for years. Yeah. Uh, while we're talking about the producers, what's going on with TJ Wilson? Have we heard an update on that? Or? I'm not really sure. I, I heard that around the Royal Rumble, he uh, there was obviously rumors going around that he had had some issues with the company, which turned out to be not true. The only reason that those rumors ever took off was because like uh, someone that he's friends with in AEW, like in management or something yeah, like that. that. He, he took like a picture with them. And he was like, guys, it was just like a picture. I ran into them. We're friends. Yeah, because he's kind of notorious for uh, producing those women's matches. Yeah, so the women's weird. matches, the Royal Rumble match. It's yeah. uh, I know 
the actual reason he ended up missing the Royal Rumble was because he had been having some lingering uh, pain and issues with his neck. He had said before that although he doesn't wrestle anymore, the type of injury that he had, like you're still going to have your pain with your neck. You're still going to have like these issues that come up years later because it's a life altering injury. Yeah. So I don't know if he's still hurt, if he's taking time off. I don't really know what's going on, but it kind of seems like he hasn't really been involved as a producer since before the rumble now. Yeah, I was just curious because I haven't seen his name pop up recently ever since the beginning of the year. Yeah, we'll definitely have to we'll have to stay updated on that. But as for the producers of main event, we're just going to go through this quickly because we know most of us, unfortunately, don't watch this show. Veer faced a local talent on main event. He's he's at he's at main event. He just hasn't made it to Raw yet. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) April 4th. The night after WrestleMania, a legend will be born because Veer is coming and he is coming that night. I can't promise it's going to be a good night for him, but you know what? He's on his way. You know, they're just probably going to bury the hell out of him, right? Uh, I'm expecting a crossroads and a one, two, three. (laughs) Yeah, I'm expecting him to come around to be this big person. Cody Rhodes comes out, beats the hell out of him. End of story. Or... Or what's going to happen is they're they're building up this uh, character that we've seen in the vignettes, and we're basically going to get a Brodus Clay situation where he comes oh, out as like yes. the Virasaurus or something like that. Because let me tell you, with how long they've been building this up, there has to be like some kind of punchline to this. There has to be. These vignettes started the week after the draft. Yeah, like <sighs> it, it it has been a long, long time coming. Yeah, Tom Brady retired and came out of retirement all in the amount of time that it took Veer to get to Raw. Oh, I don't man. I don't know. But he defeated some random jabroni. That match was produced by Sean Davari again. We had Cedric Alexander taking on T-Bar, and that was filmed for main event as well, produced by Kenny Dykstra. And then Shinsuke Nakamura, Rick Boogs, and the Usos were in town for a dark match main event that was actually after main event one off the air and that was produced by jason jordan yeah that's that's where they did that match they don't usually do stuff like that yeah usually the smackdown guys don't show up for dark matches after raw unless they're like planning on having them be on the show yeah that's it, it could also be that i know with those dark matches a lot of the time they use those to kind of practice similar spots that you're, they're going to use for the actual shows so yeah. it could be something that they're using on SmackDown they're trying out or they're going to be doing on Mania because Boogs and Nakamura are facing the Usos for the tag titles. I'm going to say most likely on the kickoff show. <laughs> that would be a fair assessment. <laughs> but I don't know. Who knows? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is about that time. We're going to plug our social media. We're going to allow you to find us everywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Perched on the top rope proudly brings to you its most unprofessional, professional list of social media. You can find us on Facebook at Perched on the Top Rope. You can find us at Twitter at Perched Top Rope. You can find us on Instagram at Perched on the Top Rope Podcast. You can find us at TikTok at Perched on the Top Rope. You can find us on all podcasts that you listen to. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon Music. And if you can't find us, shoot the page a message and I will add the social media. Justin, you got anything you want to say to the fans? Uh, real quick, obviously, uh, 
Breaking news this weekend. I am an official part of the Perched on the Top Rope team. Uh, you know, I do want to say thank you because I got a lot of messages from people who I do know and I don't know, you know, give me some congratulations and I really appreciate that. Uh, even I went to work last night and I had people coming up to me congratulating me on it. So, you know, <laughs> hit me right in the feels, but, uh, you know, I, I appreciate everything. Uh, Alex, you and Lee, I can't thank you enough for letting me be a part of this and I'm excited to see where we go from here. Yeah, not a problem, man. We, this was a unanimous decision. After the show we did last week with you, me, Lee and Kyle, Lee and I talked for, I don't know, maybe three minutes about it after we got off the show and i was like you know what i was like justin brings a sense of positivity that we haven't had to the show in a while because of certain people's actions on the show lately who we will not speak of because he is no longer affiliated with the show rob hockman oh i thought you were gonna say chris benoit (laughs) yeah basically the same thing but It's nice to have a sense of positivity. It's nice to have somebody that seems like actually genuinely excited for the show. Somebody who's not just pulling lies out of their hat to someone that wants to actually contribute to the show. And for that, Lee and I are very indebted. We're very happy to have you as part of the team. And we're really excited to see where we go from here. Ladies and gentlemen, spoiler free is the way to be. We're out. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do.